Hello, I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be covering episode two of American Horror Story Freak Show, and we're going to be watching Dandy and Twisty go on a play date. Fun time. Oh, it sounds like the <laughs> beginning of a really bad sitcom. Dandy and Twisty! Murder <laughs> Dandy pals! Dandy and Twisty! Murder <laughs> pals! Going on murders! Having the best time together! I'm going to use that for something later on. (laughs) So today's episode, Massacres of Matinees, which describes all of my interests. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Was written by Tim Minear, a longtime collaborator of AHS and Ryan Murphy, and directed by Alfonso Gomez-Rejon, whose name will be familiar because he frequently pops up and directs a lot of episodes of AHS. He's back. Yes, he is. So what should we start with on this episode? Shall we start with Twisty and Dandy or shall we start with Del and Desiree? Yeah, I think, well, I guess let's start, should we start with the the structure of it, mm-hmm. the curfew? Yeah, Because uh, of Jimmy's like slight boo-boo last week of murdering a cop that obviously everyone was going to be looking for well now they're looking for him Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and a bunch of other people have been murdered so this is interesting everyone's getting murdered all around the place by different people Mm -hmm. and everyone's trying to figure out who did what murders Mm -hmm. and they're imposing a curfew to just make it simpler i guess (laughs) so what do you think of how this curfew uh, and the way that the police start interacting with the with the troop affects the the narrative of the of this of the episode. Well, I guess it's. I mean, obviously they're dickheads, because. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about the like having the presence of of these kinds of authority figures in this narrative it is suddenly giving it like a sense of historical gravity because you know i mean 1952 it's like also the period of, of a lot of people being oppressed the birth of the civil rights movement you know like it kind of immediately attaches it to a wider historical context and a a sort of deeper reality Mm -hmm. by having some of this brutality come from men in police uniforms. Mm -hmm. It also kind of throws up something quite interesting, I think, about the way that where Elsa's Elsa's business stands within the wider community as well. And we kind of talked a little bit about it in the previous episode of the way that Jimmy very much ra- like is the center point of the community of freaks. And 
this episode is also one where they he tries to cross that unspoken boundary between the town of Jupiter and them where they're kind of always on the outskirts and they're the ones who are going to be mostly affected by the curfew and there's like this very evident suspicion of them as murderers as potentially the killer killers that have been that are behind all of the murders behind one just no not all of them but the way that like in that cafeteria scene and that diner scene the way that everyone else reacts to them i found very like to be the the backbone of the episode more than the curfew or even the the kind of the police the policeman being murdered by the freaks kind of as a as a plot device yeah what what i find interesting about the curfew is that it calls back to this like recurring thing that happened in history and today where like authorities will try will oppress people through indirect means Mm -hmm. you know so instead of just like driving them out of town arresting them it's this sort of long way around it by imposing the curfew knowing that they wouldn't be able to hold the performances Mm -hmm. you know it reminds like like i watched that movie about billy holiday recently and it's this thing of like well they wanted to arrest her because she was singing strange fruit but they couldn't do that so they did this you know they they went the indirect way of like hounding her because of her drug use you know and and i feel like that is such a repeating pattern Mm -hmm. it's like they people wanting to attack somebody for one reason but they know that they can't so that's in kind of finding this slightly like flippant thing that they can target and that's Mm -hmm. the way that they take somebody down and it's just happen. it happens over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so i think it's quite it's kind of like really clever Mm -hmm. i think to have the that this idea because it is again it's grounding it in something really truthful Mm -hmm. And I guess it's an it's a good segue to talk about Dell and Desiree because and and we'll, we can talk about like the the flippant side of who they are and like what their performances are, what their talents are, but there's something that they mention in their their own introductions to Elsa and it's that they're on the run because they murdered a gay man. And, yeah, and there's a couple of lines in that in that conversation where the those dynamics that you were that you were talking about of kind of who's who is presented as being worth the time of the police and who is instinctively um, a suspicious character. Kind of those those prejudices are shown to also exist within the fringes of society. So. Del and Desiree are also like freak show performers, but they're also they also have those quite like terrible ideas of the fact that this man's life is worth less because he is gay. Yeah, well, yeah, because Desiree just literally says they're lower than us freaks. Yeah, um, but that's the thing; it's like the constant like a division of society and it's like the the layers and so Mm. and then i guess it goes back to what we were talking about the last episode 
um when it's the the levels of privilege <laughs> like mm-hmm. what people get to carry through the world you know and it's it's always fluctuating yeah and it's this like idea of normalcy and what normalcy looks like and behaves like and it's and i think dandy is pretty much like at the center of what is the most normal thing should look like but he is completely rotten from the inside like when we met him in the in the last episode but is able to cover up in this you know in, in who he is and who's in yeah what but body. he's not even covering it up he's like please look at me i am a psychopathic killer yeah and like cute that's lovely yeah and that's he gets sweet, away with whatever. it <laughs> <laughs> whether they look at someone like jimmy uh or like any of the any of the troop when they go into that like diner to have dinner and it's all like oh you're you are just upsetting you are upsetting to look at. You are upsetting to be in the vicinity of. Even though they're literally doing nothing, they can't get away with anything. And I think Dell and Desiree are quite interesting because they also pass as quote-unquote normal in similar ways to Elsa. Because Dell is like... Dell is a strong man. And Desiree is... Uh, well, in my in, in our notes, I put it as three boobied lady, but that's not how she presents herself. Well, yeah, it's well, she, it's kind of two things. She's a hermaphrodite, but she also has three boobs. Mm-hmm. Is how she describes herself. Yeah. So she's like an an intersex person. Um. So what do but, you? Th- yeah, but the wh- boobs are like a thing on top of it as well. Yes. So, what do you make of Dal and Desiree? Uh, I'm just happy to see Angela Bassett. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> and um, Michael Chiklis, who I just always think of that Fantastic Four movie. Oh my god, I, me too. <laughs> I know he wants me to forget, but I can't forget it. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I really liked that movie when it came out. I know it's bad. Please don't yell at me. I know that he is mostly known or respected for The Shield. I've never seen The Shield. Yeah, I've never seen The Shield. I've just seen Fantastic Four. <laughs> I've seen your Fantastic Four, sir. And you know what? I appreciate you with it. It's still probably, even though it's really bad, it's still the best Fantastic Four movie we've had. <laughs> <laughs> Which is saying something. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, always great to see Angela Bassett. Um, three boobs, fine. The great. Yeah. Do I do I say what I was calling it to you with? <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna, what were you? How were you describing it? Because I, I, I'll admit, like we were texting while we were watching the episode, and I completely forgot that that happened. Well, she's got a titlet. <laughs> Two boobs. Titlet. I think it's a cute way to describe it. Titlet. I love it. I think it's great. Um, shall we? We've kind of we've danced around it, but shall we talk about Twisty and Dandy's play date? Yes, because we probably should should describe what that is. Yes, <laughs> go for it. Well, um. His mother's just driving down the road, <laughs> sees a clown covered in blood, 
says, hello, clown. (laughs) (laughs) I have a job for you. (laughs) Puts clown in the car, drives clown to house, (laughs) leaves clown in Dandy's playroom. I love his playroom. I know I shouldn't because it's like the lair of a psychopath. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's so pretty. <laughs> and it's got beautiful pastels and silks and a little rocking horse and a miniature golf set. It just seems really nice. And and then, so I guess ahead of this, Dandy goes to the circus, to the to this freak show, and, and has this conversation with Jimmy where he's like, I'm one of you. Like, please let me join. Mm. I, f- I belong here. And Jimmy is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, go home. Okay. <laughs> and and so Dandy slams his head on the steering wheel and screams, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Like, the little brat that he is. And then he comes home, but mommy is there mm-hmm. she's so excited because she says darling i've got i've gotten you what you've always wanted clown killer clown killer clown just chilling <laughs> just opens yep. the door it's just a clown chilling inside yep <laughs> and dandy is so excited but again fucks it up because he starts rifling in in twisties like little clown handbag <laughs> Clown handbag, yes. Just throwing shit everywhere behind him. Just what a what a rude sir. What a rude man. And uh, yeah, that's he. He gets like popped in the face. He gets popped in the head by Twisty, who then just like fucks off into the forest, into his murder caravan. Which we should mention. We didn't mention in the last episode. Twisty took a boy and the the girl from the couple that he murdered in the first oh, episode yeah. who's the lady from scream scream queens oh yes uh so they're kind of being held hos- being held hostage in his clown killer caravan that's like in the woods it's like a really it's a weird mix of true detective season 1 and zodiac and american horror story yes mm and uh, so Dandy follows him there and the girl like escapes and she runs into Dandy and she's like, oh, handsome young dude in a pastel jumper, help me, please. And he's like, oh, this is this is my murder cave now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I love so intensely about this scene is the way that Twisty looks at Dandy the whole way through mm-hmm. is kind of like this look of okay, look. I'm a <laughs> I'm a serial killer clown, but this is too much for me. Like you've made it weird. <laughs> I was just look I was just being a serial killer clown on my own time. You've like, you're really, really stepping on my vibe here. (laughs) It's too much. You know? It's like Dandy is like, I'm trying to think of what an equivalent situation is. It's like Twisty's like at the club in the bathroom 
he's just trying to wash his hands and get out and dandy is like the junk girl coming over and be like oh my god i really like love your hair it's so beautiful and it's just like twisty's like fucking hell i just want to leave <laughs> <laughs> and dandy's like you know telling telling twisty his life story in the club <laughs> like <laughs> it's like that it's like that vibe of you are just being way too intense for me right now. Yes. I'm trying to do my thing. Yes. <laughs> it's just such a perfect description of it. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> like, why is Twisty so sympathetic in this moment? The fact that Twisty manages without saying a word and while still wearing someone else's scalp as a hat manages to be more sympathetic than Dandy Mott is... <laughs> Such a big testament to both John Carroll Lynch and Finn Woodrock in this performance, because this is just like pure body language on Lynch's part, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's the look as well, the way that he looks at him, like, Aww. you okay, dude? <laughs> like, you need some water, hun? No. You okay, hun? Bing, bang, bong? That's right. <laughs> Um, and then, so there's a few other kind of bits that happen. Well, we get another musical number because yes. Bet and Dot are need to need to be useful for Elsa and have something to show aside from you know themselves. So turns out that Bet, who always wanted to be a performer, can't sing for shit. But Dot, Psych. yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, brutal. But Dot can, and there's another, there's another great moment with Jimmy where he's like, "Just sing like you're just singing for me. There's no one else here." Wink, like, wink. Get a room. This is, why, this is why I do like about Jimmy is that he's very unlike the other characters mm -hmm. that uh, M. Peters has played up to this point. Mm -hmm. Because he isn't some like sad fuckboy, like me, 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 me. He's like, hey, <laughs> like, I'm basically Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wanna come fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. I don't know, like I like I like this character a lot, even yeah. though he's kind of annoying. <laughs> I mean he's he's kind of less annoying than other more annoying characters in the show, so it's a sliding yes. scale. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Dot then sings a a pretty great cover of Fiona Apple's criminal. Yes. I mean the bar just keeps getting higher with the covers. And so also, because she does it um, at the actual performance, right? Yes. She and doesn't do it at the audition. Immediate mosh pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she invented the mosh pit. Yeah, she did. And also, uh, one, of the, one of the performers invented crowd surfing in that scene. Yes, it was, it's all happening. It, it wasn't Iggy Pop. It was it was them. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there before we move on to our categories? Is there anything from the episode that we haven't covered 
Meep. <gasps> Meep. Meep. Meep gets taken away by the cops. Because, again, Jimmy, not smart. <laughs> he tries to frame Del. Because Del, bad vibes all around. Yes. And so he puts the... Well, this is the thing from last episode we didn't cover, but like when they try to get rid of the body, the the badge mm-hmm. is like can't burn it because it's metal. Mm-hmm. So they just hold on to it as opposed to burying it. But okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he thinks, aha, I will put the police badge in Dell's caravan, and then Dell will get arrested, and I guess all my problems will be solved because I am not a smart person. But Del just, he doesn't do it in a secret way. He just walks in. So Del obviously sees him. Yep. <laughs> and Del just puts the badge in Meep's caravan. It's like hot potato, hot police badge. <laughs> and then Meep gets arrested because they find the badge and taken away. And then also murdered, which is not good. It's very sad. And also Meep is... A character who we see kind of biting off the heads of chickens several times, so they use that as a as an excuse to be like, "Well, he's a bloodthirsty killer," and yeah, not does not end great for him. It's a very it's a very tragic scene. We should shout out Benjamin Wolf, Ben Wolf, who's the actor who plays Meep, who actually tragically passed away in two thousand fifteen, but he was also the guy who played Infantada. So he played the the kind of the the scary child of Charles and Norm Montgomery in Murder House. That was also him. Mm. And getting to rock some great feather looks in both. Very much. Shall we move on to our categories? Yes. So, what is your top quote of the episode? I think my favorite quote was just Dandy when he's trying to get Twisty to recreate a scene from the King and I with his little King and I puppet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he talks about having seen the original uh-huh. Broadway run yeah. and Yul Brenner was transcendent, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Which is great. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My family would always quote the et cetera, et cetera from King and I. So <laughs> I like that bit. <laughs> I, mine is also a dandy quote. Um, actually, all the quotes that I wrote down were dandy quotes because he's just so much. <laughs> he's so um, much. I, I can't fully remember what scene this is in. Oh, no, this is when he's trying to convince Jimmy to take him on, to take him into the circus. And Jimmy's like, oh, you're perform- like do you act? Like, what do you do? And he's like, no, but I know the entire Cole Porter canon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dandy, what a ridiculous Yeah, that man. is pretty weird. Yeah. Guess you should join the freak show. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the Boma Boner for horniest moment? I am going to give it to Angela Bassett for the casual booby reveal. Because she's got three little tassels on each boob. And she just, like, takes off. She's wearing a fur jacket. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, bings the fur jacket off. And she's like, doing <laughs> Look, I got three boobs. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's something about just the way 
she performs this character like she's so like she knows she's hot shit mm-hmm. and i just love that i love the confidence what about you um i <laughs> i don't know because i want to i want to say jimmy and dot again but that feels repetitive i am actually gonna say there's a desperate type of horniness around dandy when he's talking to Jimmy and then when he meets Twisty where you say he wants to fuck the clown <laughs> do you know what yes that's what I'm saying <laughs> because there's this like that too muchness that you were talking about that like weird intensity that's sort of um, oozing off of him I think he's like with Jimmy he's so you know just like leaning into it it's like well i could do this and this and this and that and like look at me look at me and i feel like okay bro calm down i don't know i think that's a horny moment it's it's i'm not saying it's a pleasant one i'm saying dandy needs some distractions it's like i feel like it could be go either way it's like Mm -hmm. either horniness or like horse girl like Like he's kind of a horse girl, but the horse is murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's like that. I think is it a TikTok or a Vine of that girl who's like in the American Girl doll store, but she's like, no one knows more about American Girl dolls more than me. (laughs) He's that energy. Very true. What about? Big feels for big drama. Evan Peters, when Aww. he's he fight he's they the police like just ch- it's like they chuck Meep's body mm. over the side of a truck and leave him there, and and Jimmy discovers it and it's Evan Peters good crying good crying, yes, it's wailing, it, wailing at the sky, wailing at the sky. It's a great moment. Airdrop a little Oscar down there (laughs) (laughs) into his hands. Good job. And what about in today's episode of Paulson v. Paulson? Wow. Wow. Well, it's got to be dark because that just lost on all fronts this week. (laughs) Dot has the talent and the guy. This is true. She got to sing back up and cried on stage. Embarrassing. Yes. But also I love how Beth, when she's doing backup vocals for Dot in the performance of Criminal, she's just so sad. She's so sad. She can't hide it. It's just such an amazing, like, just meekly singing along, but also, oh no. But (laughs) the thing about that is, like, the backup vocals are good. Mm-hmm. The insinuation that backup vocals are so like whatever nothing that someone who two scenes ago was absolutely completely flat mm-hmm. can provide adequate backup vocals. I mean, does it make sense? No. Does no. it work? <laughs> yes. Because yes. it's this is the universe that we're inhabiting. This is the the Murphy expanded cinematic universe. The Murphy bus. Yes. Um and talking of which, what is did you pick up on any cinematic references this week? Well there were 
a few to i mean this is going to be basically every episode but there were a few references to todd browning's freaks yes because the chant there's a chant of kill the copper mm-hmm. and they're all at the table kind of slamming their cutlery which is very like the famous scene gobble gobble uh, we same. accept a one mm-hmm. of us gobble, gobble. uh but also just meep because mm-hmm. the character meep is kind of from freaks because there is a character in that film that has like that i love that just fabulous like feather outfit (laughs) just i really like it and the little hat is really cute um yeah like it's kind it just is is that the same costume basically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. that's that's the one that i was going to bring up it's meeps um the design of meeps costume that's like a direct nod to todd brownie's freak freaks like the the thing with the three boobs like it 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 is real mm-hmm. and it does occur and and apparently it's it's most prevalent in men and usually it, what it is it's sort of like extra breast tissue and most of the time it's not visible like it's underneath the skin so it's mm-hmm. not sort of noticeable mostly mm-hmm. but i don't know whether for ryan murphy the triple the triple boob thing is a total recall reference because if you think three boobs mm-hmm. most people think of that scene in total recall yeah even though like it is kind of based in some form of reality i mean i think it's the same it's the same kind of it's probably been a visual reference for them because it is out of all of the 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 triple tits of cinema uh that the one in total recall is probably the most famous one and in the same way as like we were talked about how there's a particular scene that feels very much taken from zodiac in the first episode this in its own right i don't think it's like strictly a direct reference but i think it's it's taken from a property that's very very well known yeah like there's no way that even in a subconscious level they weren't thinking of that yeah they created that character i feel like yes and like anyone in that art department if they had to like google triple tits for as a reference that the first image that's going to come up will be from total recall yeah not that i have done the research (laughs) you didn't google triple tits no but i will after this recording (laughs) just to double check did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week the only one is that they mentioned that Dell performed for Howard, uh, for Harry, sorry. They mentioned that Dell performed for Harry Houdini's younger brother, uh, who was a real person, Theodore Hardeen, who was the founder of the Magician's Guild. Oh! Yeah, he was actually also a very talented escape artist and was the first to escape from a straitjacket. Uh, in front of the audience as opposed to behind a curtain mm-hmm. and he also continued to perform many of his brother's tricks after his death oh so shout out to theodore hardeen good job good job and who would you say is the mvp of the episode <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's probably dandy he's getting everything he wants new clown friend murder (laughs) (laughs) 
Like he, yeah. I don't know, he's kind of struggling throughout the episode, but I feel like he's really ending on a high because he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I found a murder friend. Yeah, and I think I think you're right, and it's also disgusting as it is. It's the fact that he realizes he realizes what it is that he wants. He, yeah, he wants murder. He wants murder. Like this is his um, Ariel getting her legs coming to the shoreline, mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing Prince Eric <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> Why know? would you say that? because i was thinking about like wishes in movies and like the moment that you get your wish it's like ariel she's seen prince eric for the first time oh my god that's my favorite disney movie that shimmering dress no that's what she wears at the end oh is it not oh no she's wearing the 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 sail right yeah yeah i mean that's not quite as hot a look but (laughs) I it don't... worked for Prince Eric. I didn't really want to mix <laughs> The Little Mermaid with Dandy Mod, and now I can't unmix them. Although, Finn Whitrock would make such a good Prince Eric. He would. Why didn't they care? I guess he's too old, isn't he? Yeah, I guess. Well, now that image is going to live rent free in my head for the rest of eternity. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. In the next episode, very excited about this, we find out the story behind the myth, the legend, the icon. Edward Mordrake. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I love Edward Mordrake. I'm so excited to hear you talk about him. <laughs> He's the best and the worst at the same time. Well, most of us are that. <laughs> yeah. But we will be back next Wednesday with a recap of American Horror Story Freak Show. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us on at the next Supremes Pod. Also, I'm on at Clarice Lou. And I'm at Anna B. Demented. Just imagine um, Daddy Rock on the little, the rock. I don't wanna, I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know when. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but I know something's no! about to begin. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something's about to be killed. Something's about to be killed. (laughs) And then when it's instead of kiss the girl, it's kill the girl. (laughs) (laughs) Why would would you just ruin my childhood favorite? Sorry. sorry. Now I just want want Murder Mermaids. Murder Mermaid musical. Uh, Isn't that the next season of American Horror Story? Listen, if it's not, I'm gonna fucking riot. Like, I want some motherfucking Murder Mermaids. The lure was not enough. It is a beautiful film. I'm getting so worked up about this. I need it to be mermaids. <laughs> it's gonna be mermaids. Don't worry about it. Should we mention the fact that we'll probably be doing something about Scream Queens? Oh, yeah. So Scream Queens um, has now finally become available to stream on Disney Plus as part of their new Star thing where they just added a bunch of like adult orientated shows mm-hmm. um so yeah we might that would be fun to do because i love screen queens yes jamie lee curtis jamie lee curtis billy lord Kitty sororities Palmer. murder yes 